You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Are you a 3CR subscriber? We really need our listeners to subscribe to the station. It helps us remain financially independent and is an important part of our community governance. It's just $40 concession, $80 waged, $150 for a band or organisation and $300 solidarity. Become a 3CR subscriber today. 3CR Radical Radio. And that's the rhythm I can dance to. I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to. That one big heart that's beating fast. Tomorrow morning, let it rain. Tomorrow morning, let it pour. Tonight we're in the groove together. Ain't gonna worry about stormy weather. Gonna kick all trouble out the door. Beat out all trouble on the drum. Beat out all trouble on the drum. Beat out all trouble on the drum. And kick all trouble out the door. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. And kick all trouble out the door. Kick him out the door. Kick him out the door. Yes, and we're on, we're on air. Are we? We are. We're here on Radical Australia. Thanks to Kate and Susie yeah, look, for Lazy Wednesday afternoon. Bloody lazy, all right. They're going away. They're having a Christmas break. It's not even December. I can't believe yeah, those two. Yeah. They do this every year. I don't think they poor, do, do they? They do. Poor old Jeff's got to come in and, uh, you know, live up to their high expectations. Oh, he'll be, he'll, he can manage. Well, I don't know if he can replace them. He'll be right. They'll be right. I don't think so. Now, Kelly, my little spies tell me that uh, you've been jumping up and down in Queenscliff. Is that correct? Yes. And uh, Who are those little spies? Well, you know. Thank you, Susie. I won't tell you the spies are, but uh, they tell me you got injured. Yes, I did. I did my knee. <sighs> Don't tell me you were trying to dance at a, was, some music I was, festival. I was. I did my knee. When you should act your age. You're not, you're not 20 anymore. You know that. You're being rather silly. No, I'm not being very silly. I'm very concerned about you. <laughs> you think dancing stops at the age of 24 or something? No, 23. 23. That's because you've never danced. No, well, why would I? I thought, I thought Cromwell... No, That's Crom- the whole problem. <laughs> I thought Cromwell and the Taliban were right. Music and dance is the devil's, oh, devil's thing. How Look, boring. Now, poor old Colin Hisco is uh, listening to this dribble. And he's wondering what, what he's let himself into now. Good afternoon, Colin. Good afternoon. Well, I don't know if you should thank us till the end of the interview. You may, you may throw that glass of water over me and Kelly. Now, you realise Kelly's a great producer but not much of a dancer. But that's, that's a different story. Okay. Now, what year were you born, Colin? Uh, 1950, on the 27th of May, 1950, in England. I'm going to have to be very kind to you because you're my elder. I was born in 51. That's all right. So I'm going to have to treat you with respect. Oh, I don't know. 
So where in the old darts were you born? Uh, I was born, uh, my house was number 92, Cardinal Crescent, Dewsbury Road, Yorkshire Leeds 11. Um, we, you needed a number 92 Dewsbury Road bus, not a 92 Cross Flats bus. Because if you've got 92 Cross Flats, you'd only end up halfway home. Yep, yep. And you'd have to walk the rest. Uh, so what was it like being a young, young lad in Yorkshire in those days? Oh, my memories. It, it's, it's just wonderful. It's, uh, I'm a punk through and through, you know. Oh, look, no apologies needed, okay? You're one of us. No apologies, okay? Look, I have never... I've always thought that the whinging pom was overdone and it came from the fact that we had very radical English shop stewards who came to Australia and they demanded rights for their workers. And that's where it came from. So as far as I'm concerned, you're a human being. You may be English, but you're a human being. And also, uh, talking about that, I also believe that no matter where you come from, that is, that is your place of birth. It may be the worst pla place on earth, but... It's still your home, yes. and England's my home. It's yes. always been my home, and that's yes. where my heart lies, not here in Australia. I can understand that. How did you, what was school like? Oh, school for me was fantastic, what I vaguely remember. But I, I went to Beeston Primary School, Yep. and then I went to another school called Parkside Tech, I think it was. Yes. Uh, and Beeston Primary for me were it was just like school going to school here yes. almost yes. was grade one to grade six and then yes. you moved, moved right. to higher tech school or whatever. Right. Uh, we we're always out playing, whether it was snow or whatever. We we're always playing and right. mucking around and yeah, life was so wonderful. Mm. Uh, yeah, my memories are really. Uh, well, I went back about five, six years ago. I went to mm -hmm. uh, Birmingham. There yes. was an uh, international conference that happens every four years. Right. And it was in England. And I managed to go. I got funding for me and my support worker to go. And my support worker and I, we had a free day. And we managed to get to Leeds, to where right. I used to live. live. Right. I went to see my house. Oh, just a memory. Still there? Still there? Well... It's sort of, yes, can I answer yes? Well, could you tell us first, what did your house look like when you were a lad? Oh. Well, how many rooms? Did you have brothers and sisters? No, I was the only one. But right. I got a cousin that come down every Sunday right. for, for Sunday lunch. Yes. And there was my mother, uh -huh. my grandma, my granddad and me. We all lived in this two-bedroom house. Right. I think you call it... I don't know what you call it here, but over there I think it's called Commission House. Yeah, public housing, yes. Yeah, and we paid rent too, so we went down and paid rent, so we pay our rent to you. Yes, yes. Uh, and then it just went, it was like going all around this room, mm -hmm. and you could walk all the way around and you didn't end up back outside your house. Right. And um, once I got to know how, how to get... Once I knew how to get to my school, mm. then mum used to let me go and I'd walk from my house all the way to my school. Right. And, um, mm. oh, did, just, you, did, you, did you ever have any concerns about your safety as a young no, man? No. Never? No way. Nah, 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 nah. Right. 
I, I was hardly ever home. Right. You know, on the weekend, Mum, Grandma, I'm going out, see it, see it, I'm doing it about lunch, bye. And just a man of, oh. Right. Yeah, look, it's like, look, it was like that in those days, you know. You'd oh. go out and Mum would say, be back for tea. Yes. That was it. Yes. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. And yeah. you entertain yourself. Yeah. What were your, what were your grandparents' names? Uh, my grandmother's name was Laura. Yes. And my granddad's name was Cyril. And how important were they to your upbringing? My grandma brought me up, mm-hmm. unfortunately, or fortunately, whichever way you right. look at it. Mm. Uh, because my mum had me, mm. she had to go out and work. Yes. Because my grandma and my granddad couldn't work. Yes. So she had to go out and work and bring money in. Yes. So my grandma almost brought me up, you could mm-hmm. say. Yes. When I... Friday was the best day because I used to go to the Leeds market with her. Mm-hmm. And if ever I went missing or you lost me, you always knew where to find me. Go to the Cravelli ice cream van. Right. was always in a certain place. Yes. It never changed. And you'd find me there eating yeah. ice cream. Did you get an ice cream every Friday? Yes. Nice. And I didn't have to pay. Why is that? I don't know. Maybe the block like me, maybe, yeah, yeah. I, I just don't, maybe, maybe I, I don't know why. Maybe your grandma paid him on the side. Yeah, I don't know, maybe, I don't <laughs> yeah. know, I don't know. Because it was pretty hard those days. Oh, can I just, sorry. You know, whatever you like, yeah. What I was going to tell you before, um, because I went back to England yes. and I managed to go to the house. Yes. Uh, it's still there. Right. But because all the houses got pulled down and rebuilt. Mm-hmm. The light pole that was outside the, our house is still there. Mm. I went to the Leeds market. Mm. I went looking for the ice cream van, couldn't find it. Right. Now, inside the market used to be all these stalls and different mm. stalls. Yep. But for some reason, I don't know why, there was hardly any. That broke my heart. Right. When I looked, when I seen the house, and I'm going to cry, <laughs> when I seen the house up, that just brought my heart again right. because I knew what had happened. Yes. My budgery gatherer I really loved. He passed away mm. before I left and mm. I buried him down the side of the house. Right. But that got dug up and everything. Right. You don't hear a grave size being dug up. No. So why? Why did it happen? Oh, well. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, look, I understand. Just, I, yes. Well, during winter, there used to be, the, like, I call it an alleyway. Yes. In between the houses. We mm. walk up there, turn mm. right, mm. and then you come to this dirty big hill. In winter, when it used to snow, yeah. you're ever looking for your kids. Yes. Always go to the hill first, because that's where you're bound to find them with the sledge. I call it sledge, I don't know what you call it. Yes, yes, And yes. we're all going down this dirty big hill, yes. then having to walk all the way back. back up. That's the type of fun we used to have. Right. Every Saturday used to be at the Beeston uh, Picture Theatre, mm. which I don't believe is there any longer. Right. Used to go to the Rex Picture Theatre, which mm. wasn't far from us. Yes. That's not there anymore. Right. You know, just more, my, my heart broke. Yes, things I've st- still got my memories, yes. and my memories will always mm. be there, mm. no matter how much things change, mm. no matter how much I hate it. Right. I've still got my memories, well, and I can good. say that's where that used, used to, to be. be. Yeah, well, that's good. What was your mum's name? My mum's name was Lily. Have you got any uh, memories about her you want to share? Oh. 
I've got one million and one, but I don't know if there's enough time. <laughs> we won't have enough time. Anyway, give, give us some good ones. <laughs> one I remember was that Mama was always there for me, no matter what. Mm. You do something wrong, you get belted. Yes. Natural stuff. Yeah. But Mama was always there and always there, always told me she's always there for me. And um, once I remember telling her that this is before I had my nervous breakdown here yes. in Australia. Yes. That I used to hear voices, mm. and I used to tell her they're coming to kill her. Right. And she, she used to say, Dad, don't be silly. Right. It's all in your head. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but she still let me talk to her, and she, she'd let me just sit, sit, sit on the bed with her, and she'd be cuddling me, and, yes. and I'd fall asleep, and she used to carry me back to my own room. Right. Those are sort of the memories I've got. She, she'd be always there, always letting me do what I want to do within... The letter of the law. Yes, as yes, a child. Yes. Yeah. I have one other memory, just quickly. When we first came out here, we came out on the a ship. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce it, but it's spelled O R I O N. Um, I assume the Orion. Yeah. Is that the Orion or Orion? Orion, yes. Yeah, S N S. Yes. I met this beautiful girl. Mm. She was French. She was thirteen. I was twelve. Right. Oh, most of my time after that was spent with her until she got off. Mm. She got off in Fremantle. Mm. That was wonderful. Mm. Just having someone you could talk to your mm. own age. Yes. Being on a boat, you couldn't. There's not what you can do. That's right. But they were good memories. Mum could say. Mum said to me, "Yes, you know, I can escort her to the picture there. Be a good boy. Mm. Bye, bye, bye. Yep. Be home by midnight because yes. by the time you take her back to the cabin and yes. get back at eight o'clock the next morning. Right. Before I got in. <laughs> boy, did I cop it. I can imagine. She but the next morning, I asked, "Can yeah. I go out again?" Yes. Yes, but we'll be back by lunch or else. Yes. Can I go out now? After after lunch, can I go out? Yeah, be back by tea. Same. Can I go out again? No. No. Let's solve that. Did you, um, why did you and your mum decide to come to Australia? Well, my grandma and my grand, grandfather died over there. Mm. Uh, please don't ask me about my grandfather. No, I'm not asking at all. I because, I hated him. I could understand that because and he when hates I me. when I asked you about him initially, you you were very hesitant. So yes. I, I never brought him no. up again, and I won't bring him up again. My grandmother was okay, but no, mm. he blamed me for my grandmother dying. Right, and he hated me because of it. Right. Anyway, that's that. Mm. What was your question? Sorry, I'm just saying. What? what well, your both grandparents had died. Is that oh, my yeah, mum yeah. decided to come across? Now, my auntie here in Australia, mm-hmm. her, there was her, my auntie, Auntie Jenny, Uncle Billy, who mm. I hated, mm. and my cousin Terry, mm. all lived together, and they were in England. Yes. I got pictures of them when they were in England. Right. And they moved out here to Australia. Then the red wrote to me, mother in England, saying, come to Australia, be a great opportunity for your son, we can help you, mm. we'll pay for you to come out here, I think it was what's called, what was called £10 pom or something. That's right, yes. And uh, so my mum said, yes, okay, we'll come, there's nothing, no reason to keep us here. Mm. I was only 12, so I didn't have any say, I didn't want to come, I I hated leaving England, because right. that's where my heart, that's where my passion is. Right. Anyway, uh, I had no say, so I came. 
I hated the moments I said. Where, I where did you settle in Australia initially? Well, when we first came here, we we got off the boat at... Um, Fremantle will be the first no, stop. No. Yeah, yeah we stopped. At, uh, yeah. There, there was other stops along the way. Yes, yes. And then Fremantle, yes. and then it was uh, Port Melbourne. Port Melbourne. That's where we got off. Right. Station Pier, yeah. Port Melbourne. Right. My auntie, my uncle and my cousin were there to meet us. We all got in the car. car. And we were about three to five miles outside of a place called Wangaratta. Yes. A place called Oxley Flats. Mm-hmm. It was like, uh, oh, what do you call it? Uh, there was cows in the paddock. Yes. Yeah, but it was all fenced off and in the house. Yes. yes. You must have thought it was a new. It was a, another planet. I did. For our little I, boy from Leeds. I did. I did. I really did. I did. Oh, Yeah. I went to Oxley Flats Primary School. I met friends with a beautiful um, Italian boy and yes. his, his brother. Yes. Most of my time was spent with him, including weekends. Mm. Taught me how to ride my push bike. Right. And what he used to do, he used to yell out to me, Colin, for God's sake, keep pedalling. I can't, I can't push you anymore. <laughs> You're too far in front. Right. Keep pedalling. And of course, when he told me I'm, he's pedalling me, I'm... I'm <laughs> Absolutely petrified. I'm, I'm shaking and I fell off the bike. But yes, yes. And I learned how I learned to get off my bike was lift your leg, mm. lean to the right mm. or left, depending where the grass was, yes. and fall. And fall. <laughs> <laughs> you do it yourself. A couple yes. of cuts and bruises, but you're all right. Yeah, yeah. And did your mum get any work when she was in Australia initially? Uh, yes, she she uh, she worked at a uh, I think it was a hotel right. in Wangaratta. Mm. Uh, there was a lady there she make, became really good friends with and we'd been and visited her her and her partner and her son. Yes. I used to call her my auntie even though she right. wasn't my auntie. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she used to work for another elderly gentleman looking mm. after him because mm. he was disabled. Yes. Uh, so so did, did you continue living with your uncle and uh, cousin or did you well, move what, out after I don't, a while? I don't, I don't know what happened, but mm. for some reason, uh, I, I, my auntie or somebody got a letter. Right. And I had to go see this professor. In, mm. Wang- in Melbourne. In Melbourne, right. So we had to travel all the way from Muxley Flats to Wankarada, yes. catch the train, get up at Spencer Street, mm. get in the taxi and then get to the to Perfect. their their offices. I even remember his name, Dr. Katz, K-E-T-Z. Mm. He was nice. But the, what he used to get me to do, and I don't know what kind of a psychologist or whatever he is. Right. Uh, but he used to get me looking at these pictures. pictures yes. And he'd say... What do you see in these yeah, pictures? Yeah, this was the big thing in the 60s, 70s. And, then he, yeah. he, and he had me putting these pegs into all, so there might be a round peg and you try to put, try and put the round peg in the, in the triangle hole and it wouldn't fit. Yes. So then you had to find out where it used to go. Mm. And I, I didn't like that, so I told him what he could do with them and I just threw them everywhere. Yes. I told him what I thought about the, about the pictures. And that one picture... I think it was a horse mm. or a dragon. Mm. He said, where's the dragon? So I pointed it out to him with my finger. Mm. He said, oh, I hadn't thought of that. Yes, it does look a little bit by a dragon. Mm. Anyway, he wanted to keep seeing me on a regular basis. Right. And because I'm travelling all that way, yes. and my mum having to come with me, yes. mummy and say, how would you like to go into a boy's home? Right. Oh, can I please, can I go now? 
do I have to go back and live with them? Can I go now? Wow. Well, no, you can't go now, but we'd get you pretty soon. And how old were you then, 13, 14? I was still 12. Still 12. I went into St John's Boys Home in Canterbury. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd do anything to get out of there. Right. Only because of my uncle. Mm. My uncle was okay. My brother, my cousin, he was great. Right. But my uncle, he is a... I was away. Mm. Anyway, yeah. Um, I ended up in the boys' home. I was there till I was about 17 when I mm. got too old. And what, what, what was life like in the boys' home for you? Oh, it was absolutely fantastic. Right. Oh, my whole life had just changed from Colin, do this, Colin, do that, Colin, do this. Where are you going now? What are you doing? Where are you going? Mm. Why, are you, why are you in bed? Well, something. Yeah. To being, being able to do things that I want to do and within reason. Yes, yes. Yeah, because you had Cornish parents and everything. Yes, yes. And we'd always be out playing in the yards and jumping over, making hurdles and jumping over them and yes. playing football and soccer mm, and yeah. goodness knows what. Mm. Uh, it was absolutely fantastic. The Cornish parents I had was really, really wonderful. Mm. It's almost like they took me under their wing. Yes. The only thing I didn't like was when we came back from school, because I went to Baldwin Primary School, yes. which is where all the people that was in the boys' home um, used to go to that school. school yes. yeah, it was like, I don't yep. know, some agreement. I yep. don't know, I don't yep. understand it. Yep. Keep it at politics. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, plus my train of thought. Uh, now you're at, at the boys' home and you uh, you enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, yeah, they like. took, me yeah. Under, took me under the wing. And um, I got, we went, we always used to go to Lawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, I don't understand politics, but uh, I reckon they're all, anyway. Um, I think I can run the country better than them. Anyway, it was like a government house. Let's yes. call it a government house. Yes. Mm. And... It was our turn to go, so that's where we'd be staying for the weekend. Yeah. And I'd just take myself for a walk, and I went into I found a, I don't know what you call it. It's like a circus, but it's not as, and you know in circuses. A, a, a vaudeville type thing, was it? Sideshow? Yeah, like sideshows side show, where yeah. they've got shooting gallery. Yes, uh, yes. The, the yes. clown, they put your thing in the, in the mouth. And, yes. And darts, and goodness yes. knows, and show, shooting. Yes. Oh, it was great. You know, you just go off and... It's just like you're you're just like a normal child. Child, yes. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, I ended up getting really sick coming back, and we're all piled. At, I think it's I don't know, maybe ten, twelve of us in a combi van. Right. Anyway, the combi van broke down, and I got really sick while I was mm. away. Yes. And uh, I think I ended up with pneumonia. Pneumonia. Right. Anyway, the the the, the, the we used to call him Cottage Mother. Yes. Uh, I can't think of her name. Anyway. And she was cuddling me in the in outside because, yes. of, you know, the smoke from the car and everything. Yes. And then we, we rang up the minister and someone came and got us and we all ended up back and yes. I ended up, oh, just, you just treated like a normal human being, whatever normal is, because yes. I still don't know what normal is. No, right. So so, so what happened when you turned 17? You were too, 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 too large for the cottage. Well, I ended up on a... Oh, I ended up on a training farm, mm-hmm. which I absolutely hated. Mm. I was abused. Right. I was belted. I was threatened. Mm. Uh, 
In fact, one stage, a couple of the boys there turned me upside down, mm. put me in a hole at least six feet, maybe more, long. Mm. Head first in this hole. Legs spread wide open. Mm. You can guess where they grabbed me. Yes. I was in pain. Mm. I didn't know what to do. Mm. And all all that happened was, stop complaining, stop being such a suck, mm. grow up. Mm. I had to mow the lawns one day, both front, back and two sides. Yes. I stopped to move a rock. Mm. And I didn't realise that when I stopped, I was on a bit of a, what I call a hill. Yes. It's like a lump of grass. Mm. And as I went down to move that stone, the lawnmower moved. Moved. Mm. Cut the top of my finger. Mm. And then my finger was just hanging. Right. Anyway, I went back to the house, seen the manager. He wanted to cut the end of my finger off with mm. a razor blade. Right. Because I wouldn't let him. Mm. You know a chair like? Mm. You know a chair, wooden chair? Yes, yes. And then that part that yep. you can get He pulled one of those that he had pulled, pulled apart, that round part that you connects to the other part. Yes, yeah. He belted me from the back of my neck mm. to the back of my legs. Right. I was black and blue all over. Mm. How do I know what of the boys that was in my room told, told me? Told me. So when were you able to escape or leave? Well, I ran away three times. Mm. I got brought back three times by the police. Mm. And I got, I got threatened with a ball and chain to be tied mm. to my legs right. so I couldn't get away. Yes. Eventually, the manager, or whatever you want to call him, we, the boss, was scared for my safety yes. because of the other boys they were ganging up, right. ganging up again. Mm. So he took me back to the boys' home. I was in the boys' home for a little while, but because I was too old, yeah. I couldn't go in any of the cottages. No. So it's like I was put in this room. Yes. And then I ended up in like a hostel type mm. thing. Mm. Um, yeah. So, so this is by by now you're in your early twenties, were you? When you're in the oh, hostel, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and what was life like in the hostel? The hostel hostel was okay. Again, the same sort of same sorts of things where you got your own life, you got your own room. Mm. Well, sort of. You may be in with two or three other people. Yes. But that's besides your point. You got your own space. Yes. You put things are like a um, a thing around to have yes. your own privacy if you want to. Yeah. Don't have to. Um, it was mm. just so great. You got three meals a day. Yep. You got supper if you wanted it. Mm. Uh, go out whenever you want. Come home whenever you want. All you have to do is let the the manager know that you're going to be late yes. and where you're going, mm. roughly what time you. Go. So it's almost like you're back to normal again. Mm. But because of my life and the way that I've been treated throughout my life, I. I was very wary. I was very scared. I was also a very, very angry young and man right. because I didn't know about my rights then. Mm. I didn't even know what rights were. I didn't even know that. You could tell me, hey, Colin, you know, come on, stand up for yourself. Yes. Let me teach you about rights. And mm. they, oh, pfft, you know, they can't. Yeah. Mm. I don't want to know mm. because I just didn't know about that stuff and I thought you were just trying to get me into trouble again yes. so I could get belted or something. Mm. And so, I just got sick and tired of all this and, and being abused and told what to do, what not to do, when to be home, when not to be home. And I got really sick and I had a bit of a, a problem or an issue, I ended up in trouble with the police. I mm. couldn't prove that I didn't do it. Right. 
Anyway, then when I went to court, I got really angry because I kept going back and forth, yes, back and yes. forth. Another, how do you plead? Uh, I don't know. I don't understand what you're asking me. Are you yes. guilty or not guilty? I haven't done it, so you're not guilty. Okay, we'll bring you back next time. Mm. Says three or four times. That was the only question. Mm. The last time I went, I thought, right, I'm going to have you. I went in. How do you plead? Oh, for God's sake, bloody hurry up and make up your mind. I'm back and forth, back and forth. And I really exploded in that mm. dock. Mm. Dock or whatever you want to call it. I said, geez, you're an angry young man. Come out here and sit and talk to me. Let me see if I can calm you down. And he eventually he did. This is the magistrate. The magistrate. Well, it was very, very, very humane. Yeah, and he could understand mm. why I was angry. Yeah. Well, sort of. Mm. I don't know how he knew, but somehow yeah. he knew. Yeah. And I t- started talking to him a bit about my life. Mm. And he could understand this. said, well, I don't want to send you back to jail again mm. because I don't believe you did it. Mm. Or you, you couldn't prove that you hadn't done it. I don't want to say what it was. Mm. Anyway, uh, I believe you. Mm. Uh, I don't know why the police pressured you into signing all this stuff and saying all this stuff. Mm. Anyway, he so said, what I'm going to do I'm going to give you a two-year good behaviour bond. Mm. But what I want you to do is to send yourself into a mental institution. Right. So I ended up going to, I agreed to that. Mm. And I went with, I don't know what you call them, but it's somebody like uh, provided by the court. Yeah, yeah. That came with me. So you're a voluntary patient, not involuntary. I signed in as a voluntary patient. Yes. I tried signing myself out twice. Mm. I came back twice mm. by the police. Mm. I was a mess. My mm. hands were a mess. Mm. My wrists were a mess. My head, every part of my body was a mess. Mm. I just went berserk. Yeah. Anyway, then they made me an involuntary patient. Yes. I don't know what you call it. Yeah, an, involuntary, yeah, an involuntary patient. No, but the, there's another word. But well, they, they certif- certified. Certified, yeah. certified patient. Section 42 of something. That's right. 41 is is, uh, voluntary, 42, I think, was certified. Yes. Anyway, I had to go to another one because because they wanted to put me in Sunbury. Mm. And when they talked to my mum about Sunbury, my uncle used to work in Sunbury. Mm. That lady that my mum worked with, I called her my auntie, her her husband. He used to work in Sunbury. Sunbury. I said, don't let him go there. He'll he'll be a wreck. Mm. And he'll never get out. And mm. he'll, he'll, they'll treat, they'll get to him. They'll make him really cuckoo and everything. Mm. Mm. You won't even know your son. So she said, You're, we're not putting him in somebody. He has to go somewhere else. Mm. So I was five and a half years after about one year or maybe more in Royal Park. Yes. And it was plenty mental hospital. Mm. It was in between Lorandal and Mont Park. Yes. I was there five and a half years. Mm. My life there was hell. Mm. I started sliding back again and going back into my old ways, mm. getting angry, yes. not doing anything, not doing as I'm told. Mm. Eventually, when I did get out, I found out I, the girl that I had. She had a social worker, and the social worker came to talk to her and to mm-hmm. invite her to this conference that was coming up mm-hmm. and talking about learning about rights and everything. Oh, that'd be good. I'd like to do that. Can my boyfriend come? Mm, yeah, okay. And I went. It was a camp called Summers. Right. Uh, and the organisation at that time was called 
uh, Force 10. And this was this in the 80s by now? Uh, 1982, when we went to the conference. Mm. And um, just listening to people's stories. Oh, I'll tell you what, you couldn't help but cry. Yes. And for me, what happened for me, I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional. It was just like this dirty big boulder Mm. was being lifted off my shoulders. And the reason that was happening was because of people's stories. So if you're telling your story, Mm. it's almost like your story is exactly the same as my story. Mm. Maybe not the same, but meaning exactly what I'm trying to do and what I'm going through Mm. and what I'm finding hard Mm. and difficult. Mm. That's why that dirty big boulder was felt like it had been lifted off my shoulder. Immediately, I knew what I wanted. I wanted to be part of that group. I wanted to join that group. I'm sorry, my voice no, no, is starting fine. to get that, a bit that's husky. Fine. Just, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, just have a drink of water and I'll just do an com- announcement. This is uh, Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR. Uh, producer is Kelly Whitworth. My name's Joseph Toscano. I'm having a chat with uh, Colin Hisco. Now... <coughs> Uh, just take your time, Colin. That's okay. So. Did you know that 3CR received its community radio licence in 1976? Our application was successful because of our diverse and engaged community membership. Subscribers are at the heart of our station and we really need you to be active and paid up in 2023. Become a 3CR subscriber today. Call 0394198377 or subscribe online at 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. Public transport's great. What's not great is that unless you've got a radio with you, you can't listen to the 3CR when you're on it. Until now. The Community Radio Plus app lets you listen to us wherever you are. Get on board and search Community Radio Plus wherever you get your apps. You're listening to Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR 855 on your AM dial. This program is streaming on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. This was the beginning of a new life for you, was it? Oh, was it ever. Yeah, it really was. It was so fantastic. Unfortunately, because the group Force 10, mm. that was, the reason it was called Force 10, to, they wanted to prove that they had as much power as a big earthquake. Mm. That's why it was, it was Force, Force 10, 10 yes. big, powerful. Yes. Anyway, because of a church organisation had the same name, we had to change. So then we became Reinforce. Mm. Mean reinforce. So I kept the word force, force. pad mm. and we just put re in in front of it. And the reason we wanted to be called reinforce again because we keep on talking and fighting and arguing mm. about the issues that are being felt 
uh, and being created by people mm. with an intellectual disability. Right. Reinforce was a group of people with intellectual disability for people with intellectual, adult people, mm. f- with people with an intellectual disability. It started, it was really weird because there was a place called Middle Park. Mm-hmm. And in Middle Park, it was like a... Uh, workers that they had yes. and they were government workers mm. but it was also like a center where you could go you could play you could play a pool mm. go talk yes have coffee mm. or uh, have a movie night every friday so it was like a social group mm. and from that and from other conferences that reinforce had we've created this Big, huge, well, I call it a big, it's not that big, but <laughs> a big, huge, <laughs> I was exaggerate. So it was an There's oasis. A, a, well, almost, yeah. So we created this big voice of people, and more and more people wanted to come to our conference. So what, what, type, what type of people were coming? People with a disability. People talking about what their issues are. Uh I don't know if I'm allowed to say what I'm going to say, but you can cut me off. Mm. Uh, there's no swearing. Uh, it was people who may have worked in a sheltered workshop yes. or something like yes. that. Yes. They want to talk about wages. Yep. They want to talk about conditions. Yep. They want to be talking about about the, the way they get treated and the mm. work they're having to do, mm. etc. And all of this is just, I'm talking about, oh, I'm sick, I need time off, or you can't have time off too bad, yeah. or you got a family's in mm. hospital and dying, sorry, you can't have time off. Mm. All these sorts of stuff were being brought up. So this type of work you were doing, as a volunteer? Yes, we're all volunteers. Yes, right. And so we, we, had you been able to access the disability support pension by then or not? Yes. Right. Yes, I had. I, I went on to the pension roughly 1969. Right, yeah. right. And where was this oasis what yeah. part of Melbourne? Where was it? Well, n- now it's, it's it's no, no. Initially, initially, initially it was in Fitzroy, right? And it was a church in Fitzroy right. that we were allowed to use, right? And then we went and got our own office. Where was oh, that? No, sorry. Then we moved in with an organisation called Disability Resource Centre. Oh yes, DRC. I, I know them. Yes, yeah. Yes. And we moved in with them. Yes. And then we went and moved from there. And then we got our own office in Clark Street, Northcote. Right. That was so fantastic. Why? Why, why was it fantastic? We had our own office. Right. We, we wasn't sharing. <laughs> right. We didn't have to worry about anything. Yes. Within reason. So who's we? Who's I'm talking about the people that was there. We we got money from the government to help yes. pay for a, a support worker or a coordinator. Right. Uh, I knew the East Dead agent. I knew one of the, I think you call them managers. I don't yes, know what you call yes, them. Yes. Uh, so I went and talked to him about the possibility. This had this, you've got this shop vacant. We'd like to move in yes. and then use it. Who is we? <laughs> Who are you? Why do you want it? What do you want to do? How are you going to pay rent? I said, we get government funding. Yes. Who's your government? Uh, D, whatever they're called at those. Yes, DFSH is. or whatever they're called. Yes. They're always changing the name. He said, okay, we'll let, you, we'll let you do it. We'll sign you up. And that's how we got our own office. So, so was, it a, uh, was it just a room or was it more? No, no, no. It's, so, it, what was it exactly? Well, it's like, you, it's like if you walk in that door. Right. So it's here. like 3CR, two stories. No, only one. One, yeah. And then you walk down a passageway. Then you've got a room, a room, 
and there's a desk set like over, and there's desks all the way around. Right. And that's what we did. So you had it. you had one paid organiser, and everybody yes. else was volunteer. Yeah. And what type of activities were, did you get up to? Oh, what? Did, <laughs> what did? Well, I should say, what didn't you get up to? <laughs> uh, well, what we tried to do was to talk about rights. Uh-huh. Uh, I was interviewed. I can't remember the radio station, but I mm. think it might have been. Uh, was it Lonsdale Street in the city? Was it the ABC? Might have been. It would have been Lonsdale Street at the top end. Would have been yes. ABC. Yes. I was interviewed. Mm. So like I'm being interviewed, and you're being interviewed as well. Mm. Uh, you're in favour of something, yes. and I'm yeah. not. Yes. Uh, so there was that. There's a debate. Yes. Yeah. So that was really hard. Yes. And one 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 thing, what we try to do, we we're, we're trying to talk to people. From institutions, mm. we're trying to get into the group homes, mm. which is really hard. We're inviting people to come to our conferences, come and talk to us, mm. and we're trying to get people. Are you still are you still in Clark Street? Have you moved? No, we've moved now. We moved from there to Thirty Seven Swanson Street, yes. and then we've moved from there, and we're now in a building called Ross House. Ah, oh, yes, I know Ross House down uh, in Flinders Lane. Flinders Lane. And so, how much space have you got in Ross House? Uh, one one spare room. One spare room. Uh, on the th- second floor, there's four floors. Yes, yes. And um, we're in the second floor. Floor. And how, and what's the organisation called? It's now called Reinforce. Re- oh, you got back the. Yeah, we're yeah, still Reinforce. Yeah. We got funding mm-hmm. through. We applied for a grant through ILC. Yes. Uh, applying for training. Yes. So that we can employ people with a disability and people without a disability mm. to run training. Mm-hmm. For people with disabilities. So, what type of training courses are you running? Okay, can I tell you first? What oh, whatever you like. Yep. Okay. So, what we did, we got money. Mm. Now, whether we're lucky or because some organisations for disability, <coughs> sorry, didn't get the funding. No. My heart breaks for those. Mm. We're fortunate. We did. We got a fair bit of money. Right. For three years. Mm-hmm. I think that ends up in June. Mm-hmm. So we've employed a coordinator for the project. Then we've employed a what we call a project worker. Right. And then we've employed three people with an intellectual disability. And they're going to be trained as and what we're calling peer workers. Right. Now their job is to understand and to work with the project worker and the coordinator. Right. To come up with programs and develop a training program, training manual, mm-hmm. um, and then to go out and run that. So they they're getting trained in how to do the manual. Mm-hmm. They're getting trained in how to run the training. They're getting trained in how how to run the training. And one thing they have done, uh, if this is the training package, yes, it's now gone from here. Right. And I'm exaggerating. Yes. To about here. Right. If they used to have pictures yes. of the of their faces. Yes. In the booklet. Mm. That faces have now gone. Right. They used to have uh everything used to be on a video. Yes. Now they've got like a card that it's your turn now, Bill. Yes. Here's your card. 
yes. and you're reading from that card. Right. So everything's just changed. Everything's been simplified. It has, and it was the poo, the three people, the mm. three peer workers with the disability that said, we want to do this, we need to do it, mm. and here's our reasons why. Mm. So you, you were asking about... No, keep going, the reasons uh, why. You've, 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 the, the, the well, the reason they wanted to change was... Mm. Because it wasn't working for them. Right. It was too hard. Yes. It was too difficult. Yes. Nobody knew where people were. Mm. People were looking at the screen and re- and reading what you were talking about rather than look, look looking at, at, face looking to at face. you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Oh, you've stumbled. You've stumbled on what everybody's forgotten that face exactly. face to face exactly. is number one. Exactly. It's very hard to hate somebody you're yes. looking in the eyes and talking to. <laughs> exactly. You know. Exactly. Yeah. And you'd lose where you were up to. Yeah. I've often when I've had a, a card, even yeah. with cards nowadays, yes. even now, as yes. experienced as what I might be. Mm-hmm. I even stumble and get lost. Yes, yes, it's different. What so, kind of training is it, Colin? Um well, what it is talking about is oh, there is a manual. I'm mm. not sure what the man. There's three manuals, I think, mm. and there's three different ones. Yeah. Um, the first one might be talking about, you know, and I'm guessing, mm. it might be talking about know your rights. So all of that is broken into sections, uh, role plays, whatever, whatever, uh, discussions, whatever breaks and then the next one in the same in the same book it might be talking about uh what can i think uh talking about rice talking about who can help you mm. and this is all this off the top of my head I, I haven't seen the book since it's been updated yes but this booklet might be about this pig mm. and there might be i think there's about four or five sections yes. mm. Mm. And all those four or five sections, is, I think, was done in one day. I don't know about now. Mm. Um, so this is to educate people with intellectual disabilities yeah. yes. about their rights yes. and yes. So, things like and it's that. Al- it's also talking about this is what I've done. Yeah. This You can do the same thing if you want to. That's right. The first step is always the hardest. Yes. How many hours of your life would you be volunteering every week? I used to do it. <laughs> How many hours didn't I volunteer? Yes. Even at home. Yes. Um, and somebody would be ringing me or doing Ken Colin. Right. Uh, I used to be there five days a week. Right. Monday to Friday. Um, I used to be there from about nine till about five. Mm-hmm. Um, even when we've got workers now, I'm, I'm there at least two one to two days a week. A week, still. Still. At 70 plus. At 70 73 plus. plus. That's right. That's okay. It is my life. It yeah. is my passion. It's right. my belief. Right. It's where I found and it's where I belong. And that's why I'm still doing it now at 73. And I'll still be doing it until the day I'm six foot under in the uh, whatever. Well, I've got some bad news for you, Colin. What? Ninety percent of people get cremated these days, so you may not you may not get the six foot. <laughs> I might not, I might not, but whatever happens to me, whatever I'm happens, doing, I'm in hospital yeah. and I'm talking on the on my mobile phone, yeah. asking the coordinator, what can I do? How can I help you? Yes. How are things going? And I'm sick in bed with pneumonia or yes. whatever. Yeah. I can't breathe because I've got asthma or whatever. Yes. Yes. I've got sleep apnea and I can't breathe. Yeah. I'm on my phone talking. Yeah. Yeah. 
at the same time. <laughs> now, you did mention that when you went back to England, you had a personal care worker with you. It's what I, it, it was a, what I call a support. A support worker. Did you so get you're that? my friend. Yeah. Did and I, I've known you for goodness knows how long. Right. And you, you support the organisation. So this was through NDIS or this no, is something it extra? was through the, Fed, the Victorian government. Right. So uh, that, DFS. H or whatever they're called. Yes, tell us about this conference because it seems to have made a great impression on you that when you went back to England. Okay, every four years there were, there's an international conference. I think, yeah, 1980, the very first self-advocacy conference for people with a disability around the world was held at Washington in America. There was all the states of America there. There was people coming from all over the world. There's people from Canada. Mm. There was people, uh, I don't know the what, but um, I don't know. It doesn't matter where, but but we know this. It, yeah. it's international, oh, Can- international Canada, conference. Canada, yeah. Germany, yeah. China, yeah. Yeah. It's Japanese, Chinese, yes. Tony's, what are these? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I was... I was fortunate enough to go to that conference. Which the first one? The very first one. Mm. We were reinforced, was asked, mm-hmm. because we got funding. Right. We, we were asked to if we'd co-sponsor that very first conference. We said yes, we would. Mm. How we got funding? We got funding. Am I allowed to mention names? Of course. As uh, long as it's nice. <laughs> oh, it's a beautiful story. <laughs> it's a beautiful story we want to know. Uh, there used to be this guy by the name of Philip Adams. Mm-hmm. I think he used to write for the New uh, he still He still does a radio show at, uh, on... ABC, uh, Radio ABC, National. Yeah, from uh, well, Tuesday to Friday. He's still alive, he's in his yeah. 80s. Well, anyway, he wrote an article mm. in the Age newspaper. Mm. We got all of these donations come flooding into the mm. organisation. Right. I was a treasurer at that time, so I opened the mail mm. and seen all these donations and cheques and whatnot. And we also went down to the, is it the, uh, so it was some union down in Port Melbourne. Oh, was it the uh, Waterside Workers Union? It, yes. Yeah, in Island I, Street, that's right. I, um, yeah. I don't know what street, and we're rattling our tins, yeah. and the HF, HF rep or whatever you call them. Oh, yeah. Come on, boys, it's been paid in. This is a good cause. This is what it's all about. Put yes. money in. Yes. Go on, Brooke, if you have to. We don't care. Yeah. We'll support you and, and buy you lunch or whatever. Just put it until it hurts. Yes. We ended up about $900 from them in mm. one day. One day. Which and is it, a lot of money then. It was. And we approached two philanthropic trusts. Mm. And we went to one of them, and myself and another gentleman went and talked to the board. Mm. The very first question they asked was, why should we give you $10,000? Give us a good reason. We want to know. And uh, the first conference, we got a chance to co-sponsor. We got a chance to hear what other people with a disability around the world are saying. We we want and we need to go. Mm. We need to have our voices heard. Anyway, we spoke to her for about an hour, just talking and chatting and answering questions. We'd only been back in the office about five minutes. Mm. And the phone rang. And I don't know what... 
it's all in charge of that. You're the person where all the submissions go. Yes. And you're the person that mm. rings me to give me good or bad news. Yes. Mm. Anyway, she said, I've got some news for you, Colin. I said, oh, I hope it's good. She's saying, it is very, very good news. <laughs> I said, good. But it comes with one condition. condition. Yes. I said, what's that one condition? And I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I haven't mentioned the organisation. Yes. The condition was never, ever, and we mean ever, never, 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 come to us and ask us for money again. We're going to give you the full 10,000. Right. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. We accept. <laughs> yeah, of course Where's the coming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we got there. And yeah. the next conference was in England. Mm -hmm. We couldn't go because we had no funding. Right. Uh, and uh, another one then was in Canada. Mm. I was working in... I was working in America. Right. Uh, I was working in Adelaide at that time because right. I'd moved to Adelaide. Yes. Girl, kids. But, all, all that stuff. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, yeah, we got to Canada. And um, I was fortunate enough because... A uh, person that's been there with a disability, mm. I got to sit on this international, it was called International Committee, but I, I don't know how to explain it. Yes. And it was for people only mm. with a disability, yes. any disability. Any. But you right. had to have any, a, a disability. Your support worker was allowed, mm -hmm. but no other person was allowed. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if you're just there to listen yes. what's going on, you're mm. not allowed. No, no. Big, huge room. Mm. And we're all around this table. Mm. And there's this gentleman who, I, he was through a, a person translate because he couldn't speak English. Mm. Sorry, I'm going to get upset. My voice is going to crack again. Anyway, he was he, telling me through an interpreter, we could, you know, interpret mm. yeah. And I went to him afterwards and talked to him again, you know, just to find out. Oh. I don't know the country, mm -hmm. but whatever he was talking about, he was saying that if you were a woman and you ended up being pregnant, mm. they found out immediately that baby was... Aborted. Mm. No, please don't say that. All right. Mm. No longer existed. Mm. And if it was too late, mm. you managed to hide it for so long, mm. immediately the baby was born, you're in the institution. Mm. Why? <laughs> I couldn't believe what he was saying, and it was mm. happening. Mm. This was around about 1992, mm. 96. Mm. I know countries are different. I know things are changing. Yes. I know all of that. Mm. But why in 1996 is it happening? Why is it with people with a disability mm. can't have their own voices heard? Mm. Why is it that people with a disability can't explain what it is that they're wanting, what it is that they're needing? Why will people listen to us? Mm. Thank God for stations like 3CR and people like you and your organisation, uh, as you, I've told you before, I came here once or twice with another radio station, yes. the organisation called Amida, mm. and they run a programme called Raising Our Voices. Mm. We were being interviewed on there. Mm. I was, I was like interviewing you two people mm. talking about stuff. Yeah. Oh. Do you think? Do you think 
things are improving? That's a hard question. Well, we've only got three or four minutes, so that's why we left the hard question till last. What, what do you, look, you've been in the field all your life. You've struggled all your life uh, for uh, rights, uh, you know, to express yourself and to lead lives just like anybody else, irrespective of your disability. Do you think things are improving? And if not, why not? And if so, how? Yes. I I can't answer. I really can't. Mm -hmm. But my heart is saying, maybe it is happening. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But if it is, how come people with a disability still don't know about their basic human rights? Why is it that we can't get into group homes? What are they hiding? Mm. Why can't we? Why couldn't we get into the institutions when they were there? Mm. Why can't we get into group homes? Why can't we get into nursing homes mm. where there are people with disability? Why can't we get into the prison system? Why are all these barriers still there? Mm. Do, you, do you think the NDIS makes a difference for parents uh, to assist with? Uh, children who have disabilities, both intellectual or physical? That's too hard for me to answer. That's fair enough. Because for the simple reason, mm. I was too old when mm. it came in. Right. I was 65. Yeah, just... Uh, 66. One year over the age. Yes. yes. And it, no, 65, it came in. Mm. Uh, the day after it came right. in, I was 65. 65. Mm. So I was too old. Right. So I can't answer. I don't know. Now, the, the organisation you're with today... Um, does it look for outside assistance uh, or are you pretty self-sufficient these days? We try to be self-sufficient, but anybody who would like to come and volunteer, offer, give assistance for whatever, mm. maybe give us a ring or talk to somebody. Mm. Can I give you a phone number? Of course, now? of course. That's... Uh, reinforces at Ross House in Flinders Lane mm-hmm. uh, and our phone number is 9650 Seven eight double five. Our website, if you want to know more information, www.reinforce.org.au. Sorry, I don't know why I'm crying. Ah, oh, look, it's just that I'm a bastard. That's why you're crying, Colin. <laughs> so, thank you very much, Colin, for coming into the studio. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your life. No, thank and, you. And I'd like, and I'd like to thank you on behalf of our little program for all the work you have done over so many decades and I have a great deal of respect I'm sure Kelly's the same we have a great deal of respect for what you've done and the fact that you want to do it till the day you drop dead uh, all strength to your arm thank you very much Colin Hiska can I just say thank you also to Kelly oh we never thank Kelly (laughs) (laughs) thank you Colin tune in to Health Sovereignty 3CR's International Day of People with Disability broadcast on 3rd of December 7am to 7pm we're talking about what health well-being and body sovereignty mean for multiply marginalised disabled people their kin and communities living on unceded Indigenous lands with programming by disabled broadcasters from the 3CR and broader community visit 3cr.org.au forward slash disability day 2023 We know you love listening to 3CR. 
But we also know that many of you haven't downloaded the Community Radio Plus app yet. The app lets you tune in anywhere and share the station with your friends. So, show the love and share the love and search Community Radio Plus wherever you get your apps. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.